Hello and welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name's Graham and I'm joined here today by Andrew. Um, we're just going to do a wee catch up on some of the news this week. Uh, Lampard's press conference and then just a wee bit on Spurs. So Andrew, the first thing I can think of going to is uh, basically we've been linked again to another potential buyer of the club. Um, this this news just isn't going away, um, regardless how tedious the links are. You know, the old saying, there's no smoke without fire, could not be more blatant in front of us. Um, Sir Jim Radcliffe has uh, the latest tycoon linked, the British billionaire, apparently had a sit-down with the Glaciers, um, lifelong Manchester United fan. Uh, he said in the summer that he, he was interested in buying, um, but ultimately... He walked away from those conversations. I think he had a field bid, a field bid for Chelsea as well um, in the summer. Um, and he was quoted saying that he's he not going to wait around to buy Manchester United. He feels that he needs an asset in the Premier League, um, which in its own thing alone uh, terrifies me now that these tycoons, we'll call them, all our, our actual countries <laughs> or, or whatever, they all just want this play thing. Um, yes, it can go great. But I, I think though your your gamble on high stakes, especially when that's when these are incentives to go on, because you know they could gamble and go all in, and you can win big. Or usually, what happens with us is, is the house wins and you lose your chips, meaning we get absolutely leathered. So, just Andrew, what, what what's your thoughts on that, mate? The Ratcliffe one most specifically to me is the one I want least because it he, I mean, he's already tried for other clubs now a couple times. I think Chelsea, this was his second time going after Chelsea. Um, and then obviously the United talks were had. This seems most like I need a toy. I need a shiny new toy. I need the clout that comes with it and the yeah, media exactly. attention. Um, it wasn't like he came in specifically for Everton, like the most recent U.S. consortiums did. Or, uh, well, there was a Saudi link uh, a while back also. Yeah. Like, though, like no matter what you have to say about those involved with those takeover bids, which I had a lot, um, <laughs> they came for Everton. They had a plan in place for Everton. Ratcliffe seems mm -hmm. to just be saying, I want one of these, whoever will have me. Yeah. Well, one, one, uh, one thing about the whole speculation that did raise an eyebrow is that um he actually owns nice if I'm, if I'm correct yeah um so you we've been talking all for, for so long just about having like a or, or desiring a partner club in, in a in a top league somewhere in france and so that would maybe be one plus point because we could just nick good players and just siphon all the bad players <laughs> over there but um no, I, just to uh, reiterate to you, it's, there's just so many links now to people. You know, um, as you said, there's, there's been like sort of whispered interest from Saudis. And sometimes I think the, the ones making the least noise could probably be the most interested. Because, you know, are you going to go stealth and try and make it happen? Or are you just going to come in banging pans and try and they just state that you're doing this and you know putting the flag in the moon sort of thing you know the vitor Pereira tactic yes exactly <laughs> oh he was a whopper but um yeah, yeah it's i think not, the big thing though is that this is a matter of when not if and just a yeah. matter of who this is happening uh mashiri clearly does not have anything really going on without uzmanov backing him um roger bennett of the men and blazer show spoke about this that all of his contacts are saying He's done. It just, you know, dinner is over. We have not gotten the check yet. That's it. Yeah. Well, just just to agree with you there too. One of the articles, because I've read a few things about this, and but nearly all the the articles I've been reading are all just sort of white noise. It's all just the same thing going over and over. But one of the things that still I was they said about uh, Mashiri uh, stands on a personal fortune, basically just under under two billion. When he signed for Everton, he had assets and his worth was four four billion. Mm -hmm. So if yes, and I'm I'm only going by 
media outlets saying he's worth this much when he came in, which is sort of waving the waving the flag from a sherry. But then if they're talking about that he's, you know, just well, it was one point nine something, so say just two billion, because uh, of course you round up and uh, yeah, with those sort of numbers. Um, is he hemorrhaging money from everywhere, especially with the whole Ismanov thing? You know, it's you, you just have to wonder. And we are a major cash train, so yeah, I, I think it's imminent, and it does put fear in me. Just just to close on it, it does put fear in me because you know, a term me and you were bouncing back and forth, better, better the devil, you know. It just seems that he's actually starting to stand back in the clubs, being ran by people who can run the club. It feels, you know, there's no more of that interference. There's no more of that Hollywoodism where just I need to have this big shiny thing and and that needs yeah. to be shinier and, and that needs to be special edition, you know. It's just running well because even, even when we touch on, on Lampard's comments later, you'll notice like it just feels more settled and things are being addressed correctly and things. So, no, absolutely terrifying, but something a lot um, less terrifying Um there's a story came out yesterday or the day before that Everton's auditor considers walking away, <laughs> raising questions over the club's <laughs> finance. Um, so, yeah, that'll make you go to bed with no nightmares. But, look, having read a couple of articles again, um, basically the the auditors are connected to Mishiri. They're one of his oh, – it's, it's, it's something under his umbrella. Um, they've been quick to come out and say – the press are making allegations purely based on the fact that they won't make comment to a journalist on the matter after after hearing something. So, you know, sometimes silence is golden, but sometimes silence is deadly as well. Um, I can just feed the fire. Um, but just, just in terms of that, you know, and we're talking about the whole takeover and stuff. Again, we're like, and you're, you're saying people who... who better uh, connections and things, people who are actual journalists, they're all saying you know, that this is potentially imminent and yourself, you know, even in the back of your case, you know, not that I need to convince him, but it, it convinced me and they have the same mindset as you on it. But basically, if he's going to sell this club and these auditors are affiliated to him, surely they can't because there's a conflict of interests, you know, because then they can say, right, well, We've went over your books and we've went and we went and looked at it and any, anything that was a red flag, we've checked it out. And you know, your valuation or, or what you say this is making is way away from where we are, which can obviously increase or decrease the price for selling. You know what I mean? Obviously, you're cutting your assets, so it just adds more. So we're back to takeover again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Yeah, it yeah. certainly is. Um but yeah, it just it just feeds more into this. It's like, oh, you know, all arrows are pointing to Mashiri's just, he, he's done. Yeah. I mean, in regards to your comments about conflict of interest, I mean, this is football at large. That's the name of the game. Everything's a conflict right. of interest. So that's just business as usual. What is it? Friday? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's not very true. So, yeah, no, we're not going to hang around on that all. all. <laughs> for like the next 20 minutes when something who that we well personally I don't know about um but yeah it's just again like uh, I'm just swiping the article here and all you see is USM Holden's Usmanov uh Yara Megaphon you know and it's all it's all the same things you know it's so there's definitely something pushing there but obviously we'll be the last you know in this podcast so make sure and stay tuned <laughs> because <laughs> um, we'll eventually get there if anything does come out but no just want to move on to uh, Frank Lampard's press conference um, on first listen I was just kind of like yeah okay just sort of beating around the house looking forward to hearing his press conference then just in preparation for this I listened again there's a lot more under the surface for me than there's more than meets the eye to quote a 80s cartoon but um the first thing when we start on is just touching on <laughs> first thing i want to touch on is uh dominic calvert lewin we're just just mentioning so he's just mentioned about his training how he's doing part training mm -hmm. um what's your thoughts on that andrew 
I think uh, it's a welcome change. I think uh, this may be unfair um, because I know uh, what Donicky was his name. Um, yeah. Very well-respected and loved figure around the club. But I think we had a bit of a caveman attitude when it came to training and recovery and physios in general. Um, I go back to combat sports a lot because that was like kind of my first love uh, in sports. Yeah. And there was a camp called Shootbox. That's where Vanderlei Silva and Shogun Hua came from. And they would train by beating the shit out of each other. Uh, and Yeah, it, I'm aware of that. Yeah. They, they used to train at 90%. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you would get these injuries and, you know, careers shortened because of the wear and tear they put on their bodies. And it's that whole like Neanderthal, like iron sharpens iron, like, you know, push through the pain there is a point where you have to listen to your body and you yeah. have to have a more relaxed approach to recovery to allow the body to actually heal. And we saw that now time and time again with DCL with, you know, one injury that he's recovered from and he got pushed back just a bit too quick and it exacerbated things and made it last longer. Yeah, no, you make a great cut and, and that's, that's not the, uh, it's, it's not the cut down uh, Dan Donaghy. It's, you know, that's, or Donaghy or however it's pronounced. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's no disrespect meant to him because obviously there was a team there, but you know the reoccurring injuries over such a period of time with our club, like it just got it got out of hand, like completely out of hand there last year, and and, and a couple of years before that, too, even even going back to the Moyes days when he was there, there was days where we used to just be hemorrhaging players, you know, just losing and losing and losing, but it was strange because Moyes had installed such a fighting spirit. It used to be the weaker we were. You know, to go back to a fight reference, UFC. Sorry for anyone listening to this. It doesn't, you know, but remember Chris Lieben, the more he would get beat up, the more dangerous yeah. he got. You know, he would be knocked out in his feet, and that's when his, that's when he would knock you out. So Everton used to have that tendency under Moyes. We, we used to have stripped back squads where we were just playing kids and, and strain they were, and then you go out and beat Manchester United or, or, you, or you pull a draw away at Chelsea or things like that. So, no. It, I know I'm going off completely on a tangent, but that's my thing, so I apologize anyway. But basically, it's really, really refreshing for me. But at the same time, there's just a slight worry. So, um, Ledley King, who played for Spurs for years, one of one of the best English centre halves of, of my time. But I remember he ended up at a stage very much where Yerry Mina could be, and there's likenesses to Ledley King for Yerry Mina, where he, like he, he didn't used to train for the week. Like I think he had he had uh, no. Well, something with his knee, it was just bare. It was just like there was nothing on his knee. Yeah. And and he just wouldn't train and he would but he would play and turn up in the Premier League and put on like a like a Champions League guest player performance at the weekends. But you know, it's it's great that they're managing like how much he can train and stuff. And after such a long industry and or injury and such of a bad injury finally being addressed properly for when he can come back. Because I do believe these are all still linked. You know, if you've got a bad hip, you're going to be walking on the other leg. And then whenever that your hip's better, your ankle's beating your knee. So on the other leg. So for the for the level these you know, peak physical athletes are at, it's, it's understandable. And I realize I've been chasing me to here waffling. But yeah, that before, I think the caveman mentality thing is, is a fantastically put because it's just, it has seemed to be, yeah, uh, my knee's not sore no more. Right, go. Not on the next phase, not on the next phase. So again, when we talk about machinery potentially selling, blah blah blah, it's, it, all that talk frustrates me because it just it sounds like just like coach level and team level has been managed well, you know, Lampard yeah. and but on, on Calvert-Lewin, hopefully this is him being managed right. And but yeah, and I, I, I want to be very clear because I know uh, DCL gets a lot of undeserved stick uh, just yeah. because of his personality and the way he chooses to present himself. Yeah, uh, I think that actually helps in this case because that man has a standing eight pack year round. There is no chance of him going soft because then he doesn't get those Versace yeah. contracts. Um, <laughs> he true. is he is a specimen and puts the work in all the time. He's not going to go like early season Rondon and get fat um, no. or twenty twenty one, mind you. Um, P HAT pretty hot and tasty. Yeah. Not yeah. the F one. That's just me. <laughs> oh God, um, was that uh, Meet the Parents? <laughs> <laughs> um we'll send the two nerds on today um yeah
Right, lads. I just want to bend your ear for a wee second here. Do you remember a certain Turkish centre forward that played for Everton? Remember the training photos through the week you would see? And it was just like hair and scalp. And people used to be like, Jesus, look at that. Well, they see your three-pronged attack. See if you don't look after it. That's basically what it looks like. Not very nice. <laughs> but um, that's why over at Manscaped, we have the performance package. Now, guys, this is the real deal. I'm not even joking. This thing just can get in everywhere. It really, really can. And it does not leave chafing. Have you ever messed about and used hair removal cream or you've used a premium razor thinking this will be great and then it feels like you get sandpaper on the inside of your thighs and elsewhere for the rest of the week well this thing eliminates that i'm not even joking it feels so smooth after the cut and even on the grow back it does not wreck you um they've also got the crop reviver which can give your balls basically a fantastic boost and as you walk around all day it's it feels great that's the best way to put it um also the crop preserver straight after a cut and i tell you it just feels good settles everything down and just gives you that musky man smell you know so you can just feel confident beating around all day with your nice shaven tommy gravis and lee carsley combo so guys please listen in at the end of the show there's a lot more information but briefly if you order from manscaped you can use our code eaw20 and you can get 20% off your order and free postage worldwide. So please, once again, listen in if you'd like to support the podcast. Now back to the football. Next one, just just I want to, I want to touch as well on Lampard. He mentioned uh, James Garner. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to mention the James Garner, and then after that, I'm going to mention Anthony Gordon. And if you listen to the press conference, right, you'll notice... So Gordon's supposed to be his blue-eyed boy. Well, he is. Let's face it, he is. Because you think how animated he spoke about James Garner. You think how bluntly he spoke about Anthony Gordon. So mm-hmm. James Garner, he's saying that he came in. He, he wanted to test him, put him in against his old club. Um, and he, he thought he, he grew and thrived, which we I think we all did. I think every Everton fan did. Um, so I think he's very much in the plans. Um, going forward now, it's it's. I don't think you'll see. You will see him coming off the bench, I assume, in most games. But I think he's he's a viable option now that he that he was able to stand up against Man United. What do you think, Andrew? I do too. Um, I, I think he showed composure. Uh, he didn't have the Everton howler uh, that seems to afflict most debuting people. Yeah. Um, somehow he avoided that curse. But I don't know. I I wonder where he slots in into that midfield if Ghana's playing well. And that was kind of the big thing is he was really having a screamer uh, that day. Just shocking. Yeah. No. So, um, yeah. But I think they're on a different place right now. Um, I don't know. We're, we'll talk about Gordon a bit, but Garner has had low expectations compared to yeah. where Gordon is at. That yeah. – the last couple of months for Gordon have been insanely high pressure and I think debilitating for his ability. Um, yeah. I think it was last the end of last season, it wasn't a choice for him to play at the levels that he was. Um, he was just all instinct and go and he ran himself into the dirt. Yeah. And now he got linked with Chelsea. Um, crazy money way above what he honestly should be valued at no disrespect to him whatsoever but those were yeah. stupid figures that's just new owner with tons of money to splash that's yeah. those figures and then he stayed so now it's this albatross around his neck like oh if he plays even slightly poorly we could have gotten 50 million for this asshole like no he's he's gone through a lot and i think it's just kind of a week's long adrenaline dump that he's still coming down from. And I think this little suspension is honestly a blessing in disguise, but I think Garner yeah. to, to bring it back, doesn't have that. He's the new kid. He's got, there, there are high expectations for him, but not like a star boy being, you know, valued at 50 plus million. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you do well to compare there because yeah, Garner's had his, his big move from being a youth player. So you think he, he's came up and through. He got the Lone Nottingham Forest where he thrived. He was absolutely brilliant playing and an eight for them and all-round playmaker moving around the pitch, showing his versatility, dead ball specialist a lot. 
Um, yeah, and you make a fantastic point, Gordon. So he, Gordon went from sort of training with the first team, to challenging Carlo Ancelotti, to being sent to Preston on, or sorry, I, oh no, it's left it me Preston or Blackpool? No, it wasn't Blackpool. My mind's gone blank. Where I went, I, I think it was, I think it was Preston. I'm not too yeah, sure. I think you're right. Sorry for anyone listening. Uh, my mind's gone blank. But basically, went to just not getting in a getting in a team on loan. Um, coming back to Rafa Benitez and being pushed into the team out of nowhere. So going from rejected lower league to um, basically a first teamer in Premier League, or, you know, coming through basically coming up, backing up Gray and Townsend, and then just. Uh, then just growing as the season went on, hype, hype, hype train, building up and building up. As you say then, but dealing with the emotions that is that the club is, is came through at is like potentially getting relegated, the pressure from the fans, you know, it was all heating up. And that, it's just this, it's like this slow cooker of mayhem that's or, or chaos, maybe mayhem's the wrong term, but chaos, a slow cooker of chaos. We're just, just building and building and just all this stuff. And then it gets to the end of the season, it's all settled. It comes back. Uh, Lampard has the arm around him. He's feeling good. He feels like a first teamer, and then just boom. People are saying they're debating everywhere he goes. Is he worth sixty million? Um, the Chelsea move. Do you want the Champions League? New manager, or well, sorry, new owner and stuff. Um, even being linked in terms of analytics, saying yeah, but you can do this. So it's not a case of is it or he can argue with himself. But yeah. If they want me for my numbers, then I should be going there. Potentially, that's how he's thinking. But it's just, it's all went off. He, did, he didn't go. He started the season as a spot striker. Um, coming, basically swapping around, coming inside, false false nine, playing as a nine, whatever. Just chaos. It just feels like chaos when you're talking about it. it just, it just needs a minute, it feels like. But even at that Five bookings in eight games. Do you have to scratch the surface? No, by no means we're going for Anthony Gordon. I absolutely love the lad. But I'm yeah. just wondering, do you, do you think that there's in, in terms of a bit of petulance or do you just think it's bad luck? Um, I think it's, I don't think it's bad luck, honestly. I don't think there were many challenges that he made that weren't yellow um, applicable. But I think yeah. it's a fault of his virtue is that he goes at a 10 or an 11 effort-wise every second and that's why he burns himself out at 65 yeah. minutes i think it's just that he doesn't really have that restraint yet um i mentioned this before on another show where when Awobi was really coming into his own uh under lampard lampard was like hey i know you've got the legs for 90 but you don't really have to go full out every sprint you make you can yeah. use energy more wisely and i think this is just that uh he'll throw in a tackle that isn't quite necessary or it isn't quite necessary to be as strong as it is. Um, and that's where you get those cards from. But I think he just needs just a, a week off uh, to clear his head, um, talk to Frank, figure out what's going on and get him back into form. I think he and Gray both have weird cardio issues where they're fast as hell and they could have legs for 90 minutes, but neither seem to. And I think they're yeah. great subs for each other, but they both seem like they justify starting sometimes. So it's tough. Yeah, I, I still think like as, as wingers go for our team, they're they're still the two I would choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do think to we were we would harsh on them of just our, our wingers in general. Yeah, a few weeks ago, but yeah, I I, I think they're they're the two that that I would be look, looking to start with if you had a fully fit squad. If you were playing FIFA or, or Pro Evo or whatever, you would be you would be starting those guys. But um, yeah, Deep I just find Lampard. Yeah, I, I just find that Lampard was very uh, very blunt in talking about him. Yeah, so you can see he's annoyed. Uh, and where where we are saying, sorry, just just for you, in, where we're saying it could be a blessing in disguise for him. Yeah, it's still. Basically, what well, if he can play the game? Gordon play the game that we know he can play that he played last year. You know that's that's a massive asset missing. If we look at it as in what we're looking from him this year when we're more progressive, you know, because I still think he's he's, he's had a decent start to the season. That um, well, he's had a, a good start to the season. Um, yeah, you know that it's it's 
if you look at it from Lampard's point of view, it's one less person to pick in an area where we're not that rich. So, yeah, know. he. Uh, I don't know if you watched that uh, U.S. event with Men and Blazers. Uh, it was Lampard, um, Gordon, Pickford, and yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. Oh, it was a while ago. So, yeah, Lampard was very effusive in praise of Gordon, and he even mentioned it at the time before he said it. He's like, "I can't say too much, or I'll lose him." I don't yeah. think Gordon is a type to take praise too highly and think he's fantastic i think he's internalizing it in a different way and he's just let this pressure mount on him i don't think he thinks he's a star boy in that sense like a diva i just yeah. think he's like oh man I, now i've got to perform at 50 million dollar levels and he's just trying too hard yeah i would agree with you but i'm only going to 95 percent agree with you purely because you don't come back with your hair that blonde when you're ginger oh that and... was just dom and tom dressing up like a little <laughs> that's he's their project <laughs> um yeah because some of the trousers were outrageous too but oh yeah no. <laughs> look comfy though but yeah yeah but very very roomy yeah but um yeah no i just i hope i hope gordon now just takes on that and learn from it again look that's whole summer though can be a great springboard for him to excel and be brilliant because you know, when you come through the storm and it settles, some, you know, a lot of the time you can take all those learnings from it and mature a lot faster than others, you know. So um, just, the, just the last thing that Lampard was talking about too, he was, he was talking about, you know, well, he, he wasn't talking about it, but how, how he said it was basically when there's issues now, they just nip it in the bud. Adult conversations, you know, no more. The, these. It feels like he's just him and his team have sort of implemented this attitude where if something's wrong, say it. And, and you know, as, as sore as that can be sometimes, sometimes that's the way things have to be because they can just escalate and get out of hand. And that's where you always hear of like, like apparently in the Cumin years, it was, it was just all we groups. And like there was guys like uh, Morgan Schneiderlin and stuff in the changing room that were just puppet masters and weren't happy and saying, I'm not training, you know. And when people are doing things like that, it's not good at all, but do you think the ambiance is a lot better now in the, in the changing room as well yourself? I do. Um, I, I think we're, you know, it's still all about building. We're not there yet, obviously. We saw what happened at United. Um, but I think the, the team unity is there. The collective effort is there. People don't let each other down individually. That would just, United seemed like a bad day at the office um, yeah. where nobody was really on. Um, but in terms of like individual non-contributors, like, you know, I assume the way Delhi was on the training pitch or wasn't on the training pitch, um, that kind of thing. I think that's what Frank refers to when he, you know, nip it in the bud. Like, yeah. we can't let this drag out anymore. I'm tired of giving chances. We're going to address it immediately yeah. and focused. Yeah. So maybe all that shenanigans last season was a blessing in the skies where they weren't standing up. And he had they just tell players how it is, and the fact that they were in, that we we were in such a bad state, maybe again that helps a wee bit in terms of they know now that Lampard will tell them, and he's got the best results when he's told them. He's probably explained that he's gotten the best results when he tells them, so he's asking yeah. just to take it like men. So no, um, I just I think, think he's the... sorry, real quick. Um, no, you're fine. I you're think fine. We... I think he's finding his way. Uh, pretty well, honestly. Uh, he's a young manager uh, from a younger generation where you get like people before, like Rafa, who was a fucking tyrant. And then you get people um, who are just too much about like putting the arm around and you're not going to get results because they don't get those home truths. I think Frank yeah. is finding that balance of man management. It really does feel like it. And, you know, just to, just to move on now from Lampard um, there, but just as we're talking about, he's finding that balance and stuff in the dressing room. So there was the fan event this week that had Neil McPie, Dwight McNeil, and uh, Amadou Onana with Darren Griffith on stage. Um, it was interesting. They, they just sort of spoke about coming to the club and, you know, why they came there, the reaction to the, to the fan uh welcoming at the, at the ground and just how they feel about the coaching staff and stuff. And it really does add sort of flames to the fire. We're all about fire now in this podcast, but yeah. you know, it really does stoke the flames 
of this unity and this honesty in the changing rooms. You know, um, you, you heard Neil Mapai talking about wanting to come on and get goals, and he was sort of soaring himself, saying, "Yeah, but I've only got one." And he's still down about the Derby one and stuff like this, but uh, and even being we've got that in common. Yeah, <laughs> and, and even and even is like um, how, how Lampard can intimidate. Like you've seen across all of them when they're talking about Lampard when he hits a ball, not how he, he could still probably play and stuff. So again, not the they're just saying things that we've all said before, basically. As fans saying they look happy to be here, but they, there was no awkwardness about them. It was relaxed and really good. So when your new guys feel that relaxed as if they're talking to fans for as if, as if they've been at the club for maybe two years you know it's re refreshing like um yeah i think these fan events are great i, I would like a bit more insight a bit more in depth and questioning but like how, how did you feel about it all just and, and do you think that that it echoed the Again, ambiance just in the changing room where it's just like they just feel like they're all mates. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously yeah. with the whole like the the two dads and we've got yeah. the whole, <laughs> you know. So these guys run like even in Mason Holgate speaking at the Manchester United game to Sarah Haplin where he was talking about he just feels that these guys have came in and, and they can learn from him, you know. And mm -hmm. we've obviously got Ben Goffrey coming back now too. And yes, I've been slightly critical of Ben Goffrey in the past <laughs> and, and we've locked horns but I do believe he is an asset yep. and sometimes now this will uh, some people might hear this and think I'm a bit mad but just bear with me but there's ways coaches can teach you mm -hmm. to defend when you're already a defender or advise you on what to do or how to attack but sometimes as well you can learn so much playing at centre half from an experienced defender beside you and, and don't get me wrong, these guys are professional footballers. They don't need to learn the game. But there's always ways you can sharpen your edges. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And someone like Ben Goffrey, who I do go hard on, apparently. Um, <laughs> but he he is, I I, th I think he could take more from them than Mason Holgate. Like if he gets in oh, beside yeah. Tarkovsky or he gets in beside Connor Cody, I, I can sharpen those things, those frustrations, because ultimately I want them to do well. I want, I want them to do, to do well. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and people in the past have called me on going too hard on them and fair enough, you know, but we, yeah. I, I could call people and call coming on, coming on Dominic Calvert-Lewin too hard, coming come on Jordan Pickford too hard, you know, yeah. um, I, I, I could have, could have stood, stood in the hill, uh, you know, and waved my sword because of Alex it will be because of how I felt how you could have played before and people just tell me, even while he was playing well, he was, you know, it, it's football, it's opinions, we constantly echo this, this statement. Yeah. Just that unity and the gellerness and wanting to grow. And the fact even Holgate, who's an experienced Premier League centre-half, talking about yeah. where he could learn and stuff as well, I just think it's it just echoes it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I took from the fan event to address this multi-part is the, I mean, two of the players, uh, I don't remember how old Mopai is, but um, Onana and McNeil are both babies, honestly. Uh, 21, 22. They yeah. would have just hit legal drinking age in my country. Yeah. So they're that, I mean, Onana's different because he is so incredibly like charismatic and comfortable in himself. Um, Multi-talented, like he, you put him in front of camera, you're going to get great stuff. McNeil, yeah. I just, as young as he is and as comfortable as he was talking about that dressing room situation, that to me speaks volumes um, yeah. because he's not coming in with mega hype you know he's got a nickname uh unfortunate phonetics with his name um but <laughs> the uh just the ease of which they've settled in uh i think speaks a lot about frank and this new regime and this new coaching staff uh in terms of like players coming back and getting more comfortable like i'm a the biggest ben godfrey fan in the world but you're absolutely right he needs to learn how to read the game better and his weaponized pace gets him out of situations that he could have played better. He'll still make it happen more times than not, but it's just because he's a freak and can get from here to China in about 12 seconds. So I think somebody like Tarkovsky and Cody who don't have his physical attributes have had to learn that veteran savviness of where to be so that they don't have to be that fast. If he could yeah. get even a little bit of what they have with reading the game like that, he'd be, incredibly impressive yeah so 
Yeah, I think too from that fan, and I agree completely there. I, I, I couldn't say it better myself, but I, I think too, I thought the most relaxed and I go was Neil Mapai. I really liked that about him. Yeah. He was really settled. He was enjoying himself. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I remember when he signed, I was saying I got Stephen Naismith vibes off him. Just, there's, I, ju- I just feel like he is the sort of boy that could come in and if he do- if he isn't smashing goals on everywhere, he could be that guy that could, big game player, like he spoke about, you know, before the derby. Um, They were talking about how, how you're nervous and stuff. And he was the one that just said, no, I slept great. I was not tired, went home and see my kids and I'm raring yeah. to go. You know, a game with him being a bit, a bit older, you've got McNeil and Onana respectively saying, you know, next step in my career and I think this would be good. I remember when they both signed, they were talking about, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a great next step in my career, my development and stuff, which is fair, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. not all footballers are forever. I have absolutely no issue with that. But now Mapai talks about when Everton come and you're at Brighton, you go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be here. He was just like, yeah, where do you meet you? <laughs> like the way he yeah. says about when, when Lampard, yeah, where do you meet you? As if he's buying buying a TV on, on Facebook Marketplace or something, they meet in the car park. But, um, <laughs> you know, where do you meet you, mate? Uh, cash, or, cash or PayPal. But uh, ultimately just, I, I, I think I think we're going to see a bit more from him. So, Neil, no PayPal. Yep. <laughs> God, <laughs> I apologize. I'm, I'm just jealous. I didn't think of it to be honest with you, but no, I, I just think again that's it's it just we're we're in a good we're I think we're in a good spot with this team and we're in good hands. Yeah. So briefly, just um, a few quick points I want to go on to before we wrap it up. Then we have Spurs preview, so we'll keep this very brief. Um, number one, uh, Yerry Mini, Yerry Mini, Yerry Mina has uh, he's done his calf again, slight. Mm. Calf injury, but was he not out with a calf injury? Uh, I thought it was more ankle, but it doesn't matter. It's his leg. His leg exists, and therefore it is hurt. It's like this weird. Uh, he is, yeah. therefore he's injured. Uh, yeah. Was it Descartes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the the Yerry well, we, School of Philosophy. We have. I it stand, all. therefore I hurt. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Hey? Pretty much. Um, yeah, he's linked to Inter Milan there too midweek, so. Mm. What, what more can we say? I think we're all just... Any amount of money, I'll accept it. He, we should have offloaded him the second we signed Tarkovsky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then especially once we got Cody, we should have made moves. Yeah. Because um, with those two at center half money as well. The only good thing is yeah. that we're not saying we need him back. We need him on the team. Yeah. You know, right. so, I know uh, the stats to... before were uh, excellent when he was in the match. Uh, it was like we won a really very good percentage of games with him in but he's such a liability at this point that you can't build around him. And when you shake up those pairings, it makes things worse. Yeah. But even at that, it was a case of when Mina was on the team, uh, we conceded X when he was out of the team, yeah. we conceded Y that's fair enough. With Cody and Tarkovsky yeah. until last week, we had the best, the best defense in the league. And ultimately we're still in that bracket of yeah. top three, four teams, top five, top three. Yeah. Easily. So, it just basically screams rights, you know. And I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to him, but it's, it's just a case of you've had your time now. It's 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 a shame it didn't work out, you know. And yeah, I think go. raw talent. Um, he he exceeds Cody and Tarkovsky, no question about it. Um, but it there are other attributes that matter in the Premier League, and he doesn't have one of the biggest is reliability. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's such a shame, such a shame because yeah. such a such a fun player to watch. Such a, yeah, I love like it. Get uh, one time, my favorite moment in the world, I forget which game it was. It was 2020 season, um, but you could hear it because there was no crowds. Uh, Mina launches into a clearing header and bellows out his own name, like Leroy Jenkins. It's just <laughs> Mina. <laughs> I love it. Leroy it was incredible. Jenkins, but to be fair, I was the exact same. Hey? But um, well, we go for headers. I had to give the name big to Um but yeah, just um, such a shame. Moving on next. So Ben Foster's channel, um, Ben Foster, Mark Goldbridge, and Troy Deeney baffled me with these comments about uh, just basically slandering Jordan Pickford. 
yes, Pickford divides opinion. Um, personally, for me, he's he's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I really didn't agree with what they were saying about him, saying that he was, basically he's too erratic and Aaron Ramsdale. I, I just don't get this. This Ramsdale's doing really, really well. He really is. But why doesn't he have to be a debate? Just why worry about it? Because they're all saying, yeah, but Ramsdale should be number one. But I don't like Pickford for Everton, but I love him for for England. You know. Then Gareth Southgate is well past the point of picking on form. He is a settled team. No, he's a settled squad of his England team. And that's why people are saying, why are you still picking people like Maguire? Because he's an integral part of Gareth Southgate's England squad. You know what I mean? I'm fed up. I don't, yeah. You don't like England. I don't like England. Football yeah. club, that is. Or, or football club, international football team. But, I mean, you know, so... I get that it's an English team and it's the appeal to English fans and obviously the majority are going to support the national team and that's fair. I just don't get this obsession with talking about Jordan Pickford. I just don't get it. It's, it's gatekeeping, in my opinion. It's because Pickford doesn't come from a club that is part of the club. Um, that's why Ramsdale is being touted so heavily. Um, I assume, yeah. you know, as time goes by, Nick Pope will be in that conversation more too because Newcastle is on path to be one of the big boys. But that comment that they made about, oh, I like him for Everton, but not for England. It's it's that head-patting, patronizing bullshit. Yeah. Um, just, oh, you know, I'm glad that you have him, but he's just not our kind of people. That's what I get from that. It's like Tory football manager almost. Yeah. It's it's just it's just tired of it. Just tired of it. Just let the man be and play. If you want them to do well at the World Cup, you know, just just, just give him space. Yeah, he's not. Look at his changing. performance of the Euros. Unassailable, yeah. absolutely unassailable. Challenge Don yeah. Ruma for that Golden Glove. Just incredible. Yeah. Um, Even yeah. World Cup before I, that. When you say erratic, I think they just mean emotional. Erratic Pickford was 2019-2020 season. Yeah. It just Emotional shows Jordan Pickford is eternal. Yeah, it just shows they don't watch Everton. No. They just don't, you know. Um, but next one I'm going to just go on to is, um, did you see Nkunku's assist for Cardiff? I did not. Um, I heard about it, but the clip, it's one of those things where it blocks the US version of the clip. Ah. So, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, no, no, basically just played the ball up um, from left back and, and, and pushing on the way with we would see in Kunku and just hope he could be this sort of player breaking forward and, and assisting because he is basically a wing back. Plays the ball, um, comes on three inside, plays it off, gets it, gets it again, and then plays the ball through for for a great finish. And just maybe, maybe just playing now Cardiff and, and building his way up now and getting more used to English football. Basically, what I'm saying is, do you, do you think he could come back and be a viable option in the future? I hope so. I really like his flair um, and his ability to create, but he was defensively just not where we needed him. Um, and the whole reason for our overperformance this season, honestly, with as bad as we've been up front, has been our back line. And he would not have not replaced Mikolenko at um, any point in time this season yet. So I think, yeah, let him build, let him sharpen the tools, and let's see how yeah. he comes back. Yeah, well, you think, too, we could do Vinagra. There is, is maybe that stopgap. I don't know. They assess him then because he Vinagre is a very different type of left back to yeah. uh, Michalenko. So yeah, I'm hoping too. As much as as much as I am very fond of Michalenko, I, I would like to maybe see Vinagre for play a couple of games just to, just to get a proper gauge of him. Really, to be honest, because when he's yeah. when he hasn't uh, been too bad. No, um, cup games. Um, someone like like super sad right now. I don't know, like Bournemouth. Um, I don't know. Leicester seemed to have hit yeah. that every squirrel finds a nut phase. It's um, all going on there, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I do want to see all of them get a chance. Uh, Mikolenko against United, God, when he carried it up the middle in front of the six-yard box, is like, what are you doing? That's yeah. like the least Mikolenko thing I've ever seen. I would have expected him to boot it long. I, I just, That was crazy to me. Everyone seemed off. There was something in the water. Yeah. No, I hope there's an option for him, but obviously if they're assessing and doesn't, hopefully we can get some money for him. He isn't big money, like, so, because he signed as a free agent. So apparently his wages are quite high, but, you know, if needs moved on, can't be, and we can actually 
start building depth, even more depth in the squad. But um, anyway, yeah. moving on to uh, basically Saturday's game against uh, we're away to Tottenham Hotspur. It's 5.30 p.m. And it's mm-hmm. on. Uh, it's being shown on Sky as well. It's being ref by Paul Tierney. Just every ref at the minute for me is just absolutely horrendous. Yes. But, um, I don't think you could name a ref. I'd be like, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, Spurs are sitting third in the league. Um, yeah. We're sitting 12th. Spurs are ranked, uh, ranked fourth in goals scored per match, 2.2. Um, we're ranked 14th in goals scored per match at 0.9. Um, Spurs are unbeaten in six. We're unbeaten in four away games. Do you think I could scream draw? Um, and jo- just lastly, before I go to you, um, Jordan Pickford is ranked second in saves per match in the comp- in the Premier League this season, 4.1. Big game player for someone who's very erratic. Um, but yeah, just... Stats don't look great for us, you know what I mean? Just like Spurs expected XG is 6.2. Yeah. On average this year, ours is 1.6. This is if you're into the numbers, guys. Um, I'm just, to me, it's just binary code. Um, I'm more eye test kind of guy, or eye test, as Andrew likes to yeah. say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're averaging a goal every 100 minutes. We're averaging one every 345, albeit it's over over three-month period now. Well, two-and-a-half-month period. Um, but let's just let's just go to my favourite eye test. <sighs> um, this is going to be a tough, tough game. Yeah. Regardless of the result as fans, we need to stick behind Lampard. Our away fans will be there. Um, might even... Uh, it's going to be a tough game. Sky, we don't do well at half five on Sky on Saturdays. We just never seem to. We tend to get a hammer for the, for the world they see. Um, what are your thoughts and fears in the match? Um, stay away from Richarlison because we'll come to him after that. Yeah. If you would offer, if you offer me a draw right now, I would take your arm off. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Think they're a team tailor made to beat us and beat us badly uh, on the counter right now. Yeah. Which they um, did last that, year. Yeah. But that was, I think that was a little different because we went Blitzkrieg for some reason. That was early, yeah. Frank, just like, well, Michael we did Keen. it to Brentford and Leeds, so why not? Yeah. But, oh, Michael Keane with the greatest own goal ever. Could have done that the other end if he tried. And they thought it was Kane. It was so good. They thought it was Kane. <laughs> um, but I just, oh, it scares the hell out of me. Sun's back in form. Um, I think as clinical as they are, not that they'll have like a million opportunities because I think they're going to let us have the ball. This is Conti and this is Spurs. They're going to let us have the ball, but they're so clinical with their shot placement that that's my concern. As good as Pickford is, he can only do so much. I think the Everton dads at the back are going to help out tremendously, but I would be shocked if we scored off anything but a corner yeah corner step piece yeah i would agree there um just as you're saying conte too he's going to sort of build um, try and give us the ball and let us come on to them i just can't help but think i would love it to just be like a monty python sketch and be like here you have the ball no we have the ball <laughs> yeah right, they we're passing the ball back and forth here it's the second half just this you know <laughs> i'll have that all day you know <laughs> i can just picture that but oh um, sweet sweet nil nil Mm. Yeah, but I think Lampard touched on it. Well, he did touch on it in his press conference, and, and I have to agree with sort of what he's saying. We're, we're a different animal, do then. We can sit low. As much as people don't like it, we can absorb the pressure. You mm-hmm. know, we talk about our fullbacks. We're going to have Coleman and Michelenko playing, defending on the 18-yard. Apart from last week, we have no problem with that. that, that, that that's yeah. where those guys can thrive. Lampard, yeah. or sorry, Tarkovsky and Cody can just marshal everything from there. Um, again, if we're to start with the Onana, a Wobi, Ghana, sort of uh, three in midfield, you know, you could just yeah. have it with two deep lying. Uh, th- there's the ability there to have any of them as two deep lying sixes. 
with one in the eight, you know, um, it's going to be McNeil. Well, thing is, who do you think with Gordon out, you're going to have either McNeil or potentially a Wobie on the wing, or maybe even playing as inside, you know, and get, have, having a free room, but but defending down down the right hand side because you're going to have Gray on the left, and you're going to have Mokai yeah. sitting. So that, I think we're going to be so compact. We're going to, I mean, I think we're going to have to play. Well, you can't play too compact because if you're caught pressed up, you're 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 completely open at the back. But I, I, you talk about a game of chess. This is going to be a yeah tough one tactically for for Lampard. But how, how can you see us setting up to deal with the Spurs? I'm hoping we chalk last week up to just a shocking day at the office. I don't think that is indicative of who Adrissa Gay is. I think he just had a really really bad day. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think we stick with the 4-3-3, and I think McNeil uh, sits on the right. Um, I think they're going to use that overlapping thing. Um, but McNeil off the ball against Leeds was tremendous defensively. So yeah, I say McNeil stays in, and then I assume Mopai starts and DCL 60-minute sub this time. I yeah. think he'll maybe get a few more minutes, but not a full, not a full shift. Yeah, because because you've seen it against Manchester United when it, with all due respect, and uh, Neil Mopai, the way what we were playing did not suit his style. You got no um, service. Yeah, it was all it was all long balls and sort of just trickery. Yeah, just hitting and hoping sort of in the space and stuff, which wasn't suiting them. You know, and even De Gea was reading it as well when the ball was through. De Gea was out before he could even get a sniff at it and stuff. So, yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I, I would like That's to see one thing real help. quick. Pickford, uh, erratic Pickford. I don't think he's erratic, just a bad choice. But he did this once uh, a couple of years back where he's hitting those long balls and he's aiming at Bernard. It's like, man, he got lost in the grass. How, why would you target the yeah. five and a half foot player? Awful. Yeah. Suppose it was down to the player as well. Just, just to play yeah. devil's advocate, it's down to the player to take. And, you, know, you can see players take, especially a player with the skill of Bernard, that could just take mm. the ball on a touch. And, and just leave a man for dead, you know, off a long ball. So yeah. I, I do, I do get what you're saying. Though there has to be a point where you're saying, you know, that doesn't make sense. You, we, we, we do still play in certain ways that suits Calvert Lewin's status. So the sooner he's back and in the squad, the better. No disrespect to Neil Mopai, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, I think we've just gave our teams. I think I have to agree because uh, McNeil's defensive. Uh, work. I, I just worry then about his, his breaking pace, but he is the sort of player that can play up the pitch. So, yeah, I think time will tell. There's, there's no point spending a lot of time trying to assume how that might go. But, uh, yeah, elephant in the room, Richardson. How's it going to feel? I, I know personally for me, it'll be strange. I absolutely loved Richardson. Yeah. I was, I don't know why there I was about to call him Ricardo Richardson. Don't know where that came from. <laughs> but um, probably Which all those I show speed. Probably all those I show speed. Uh, clips of watch where he just shouts at him, calling him Richard. But um, yeah, just uh, I haven't really thought about it until sort of as the game's been looming this week and I've been thinking about it. And it's just sort of like seeing, yeah. seeing your ex with a new boyfriend or something. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Your ex, then you get good. There you are. But um, yeah, you just, just you look good. Yeah, <laughs> you're wearing white now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> as long as it's not red. But I just, it just, it feels weird. You know, I think if he plays out left, you know, I, I don't think I think Coleman will show him the respect he deserves. And I mean, in terms of, he'll not, he'll not go soft on him like we've seen players do before. Um, where they just they're playing against their mate and it's all handshakes, and then all of a sudden their mate at the new club is going at them 150 percent, and they're sat on 70. So I think I think Coleman will, yeah. will let him know. Um, so I think in terms of who he's up against, I think it's probably possibly one of the best players still at the who who was at the club when he was there that he could be facing. Um, Tarkovsky left one on him last season. Yeah, no problem with him leaving one on him this season. But as we say again, you, you might see him coming off the bench. Spurs well, yeah, are frightened. Son's back in, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Son's playing with an attitude as well, um, which really seems to suit his game. He's, uh, yeah, he, he's just, he's, 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 
he's responded to, to being dropped and the threat of Richarlison so well. And, you know, and just <laughs> there's a venomous day's play. Harry Kane could sneeze and score. Um, yeah. it's, it's getting ridiculous how good he is. Um, as I say, there's, they're play, I think they're playing the wing-back system too at the minute, Spurs. I haven't seen a lot yeah. of them this season, to be honest. I've just seen stuff at the start of the year um, when someone's out of form. Out of, out of form but I, I just, I, I'm curious as well, though. Could we end up matching them? I think if we match them, we play into their hands, to be absolutely honest. Yeah, no, play our game. Um, yeah. I don't want to see us match up. Um, I do. I really miss Patterson right now. Uh, yeah. To deal with yeah. Charleston. Oh my God. I, I'm not that Coleman can't deal with him. It's just I would have felt in safer hands with Patterson's pace and get back. Not speed. It's very fair. It's very fair. Because um, Patterson has that good bit of snide in him too, you know. Not to be stereotypical, <laughs> but just that, you know, he, he just oozes Scottish fullback. You know, you look yeah. at Robertson for that crowd as well over there. You know, he, uh, he is sort of a carbon copy sort of way. Like he's, he's fantastic getting forward. He's, he's looking to make assists, but he's not afraid to get stuck on. He's not afraid to get in your face yeah. and stuff. And, you know, he just, he uses that out of him. And that's something that, although we, although we hit with uh, Robert Robertson, we absolutely love we, we Patterson. So yeah, this one's ours. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This one's ours. Like this yeah. is, this is our yeah. little Scotch bastard. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> when it's ours, it's okay. Yeah, um, but I'm just yeah, I can't shake the Richardson thing. It's written in the stars, and then sky half five Richardson header off a set piece. Oh god. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know what? This is a massive test, and we talk about the character and 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 what the changing rooms about and the coaching staff and stuff. You know, it's about mm-hmm. it's, it's it's about mentality now. This game going away to where we were hammered really bad. Um, turning up and playing against uh, arguably our biggest player of the last four or five years, mm-hmm. you know, um, coming to haunt us. How do we manage it? You know, how do we frustrate him? How do we how do we cut those emotional ties for that ninety minutes? Um, so yeah, it's it's just let's let's get onto them. Let's do it. Like uh, I'm I'm eager to see. Lampard plays this game of chess, as I was saying, and yeah. because as we say, if we're matching a four-three-three up against a, a, a five-three-two or five, and I can't even count it. Yes, I can. Five-three-two. You know, yeah. how, how do we how do we uh, counteract that? And uh, yeah, I think ta- ta- tactical wise, it's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah, um, I think so, dealing with Richie. By the way, uh, you mentioned this on an earlier podcast about a different matchup, but it'll be Coleman and Awobi. Most likely yes. on the same side dealing with Richie. So I think or son or whomever. Um, but I think we'll Plus be Ghana, okay. Ghana knows him. Ghana knows his games. So you're you know, Ghana yeah. Ghana will drift. He might he might say, I'll I'll sit this side and I'll look yeah. you pick him up. You know, they played together, so Ghana might just have him on toast potentially and know how to frustrate him. Because let's act like they're Everton and just defend the left. Yeah. Because because <laughs> too you've got Richardson breaking the way he does, you know, and and, and trying to come through. Ghana's really, really good at reading the game and all the one-two yeah. passes and stuff and how you can just stand there and just take the ball away. Ghana, I think, is our best asset to extremely frustrate Richarlison if, he, if he's mm-hmm. on his game. If he's on his game, I yeah. think. Um, I think, too, you, you'll find... Uh, you, you might see Tarkovsky and Cody um, being heavy with him. But look, that's that's when he comes on, potentially, because, mm-hmm. let's face it, they're going to have yeah. their hands full and they're going to be exhausted with Kane and Son. Um if we can keep them out, we'll be doing well because they can score from everybody. We haven't even mentioned Kulazeski or nothing. You know, they've, they've got quality. Oh, God. Yeah, he's been tremendous for them. He's mustard. He's absolutely mustard. Absolute wand of a, of a left foot. He, he really is. He's, he's fantastic. Um, but anyway, just, just to finish up now, mate, um, what's your predictions? Um, if you say 3-1, I'm going to jump through this computer screen to be honest. <laughs> God, I wish I could say 3-1. That'd be optimistic. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say two nil Spurs, honestly. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fair honest honest assessment. If you hadn't went the honest route, I would have. So <laughs> I'm going to go for the more optimist, um, yeah. but realistically optimist. I'm, I'm going to say one one. I think yeah. we might snatch one. I think Onana's been breathing down the neck of the goal a lot recently. I think if McNeil can get the get those on swingers going well, 
mm-hmm. think you might see Onana get on the end of one. Um, yeah. Or it could be a game where Mopai stands up on a big game, who knows? Or Calvert-Lewin coming back. So, yeah, I've, I've got hope. Like we were talking I about... I could see that, Onana goals. doing that knockdown header. Uh, yeah, might yeah. not be his goal, but yeah, that that little assist yeah. header. Just, just into the bodies and just sort of hammering down the points up and cause chaos. Yeah. But those one, ones that tell Holgate used to smash home. He'd always yeah. pick up the, those like garbage, just chaos goals. Yeah, half finished Rubik's cube head, just boom, just going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just, sorry, just before I go on, and I, it's something I thought about last night. I didn't put it in my notes; it just came out. But one thing I will say is, you know, we've been talking. We, We've been talking about Calvert Lewin's goals, missing goals, missing goals. And yes, we're not free free form scoring this season, like you've you've heard our XG and stuff and our expected goals. Yeah. Um, not 0.96, which is just less than a goal, like a game, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. we are spreading the goals around. And you've Gordon's got two, Gray's got one, McNeil's got one, Awobi's got one, Mopai's got one, Cody's got one. You know, they're starting to move about. So we are mm-hmm. picking up goals. So it's, it's sort of going back to the uh, the Cumin days where we'll just replace Lukaku with goals across the pitch. So, you know, um, it makes better reading if you're saying danger man, Neil Mopai, and he scored six or seven this, so far this season. That makes us feel more comfortable. But, like, I think we should look at you know, a lot of these players have broke their duck, so they, they can they can get goals. So we should have faith in that that we can pull a goal out of everywhere. They're not just looking at Everton like they did the last couple of years and say, you have two threats, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, nullify him, then you nullify uh, Richardson. Um, right. It wasn't so, even nullifying him. It was nullifying our garbage-ass midfield who couldn't yeah. give those two players service. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, just the term games are won and lost and midfield could not be more. Well, you, you could just show highlight rays the last few seasons of Everton and, and see mm-hmm. how so... That's why with the Smithy and and look, even how we're talking now, and I would assume most Everton fans are the same. We're we're not down and out over what we've seen and what's happened. We're not. No. E- even if we lose this game and we go on and we have a bad result against Newcastle, it'll be tough to take. But we're not backing from the project. We we've seen the progress again. Yep. Um. Even we, I, I I joked with you at the time, even when we lost against Manchester United, my way of coping with it even slightly was well, at least people still know that secretly we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> we do yeah. know that there's something there. So yeah, let's just, let's just see what happens. Massive test for, for uh, Frank Lampard and the boys, but you know, I'm optimistic. I, th- I think we can get a wee one, one here's hoping, but Andrew, thank you so much Jay, for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you My and uh, all the best. Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And... It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a Lomo 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker for your ears and nose, Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxes and the Travel Bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear, t- and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has Manscaped skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped 
with this exclusive offer for you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com